Welcome to the Pair to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver. Here with Dane Lee. Uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, if my mic will work here, hold on. I already knocked it down. We're two seconds in. All right. Um, yeah, today we're going to get into uh, being scared. And I see this a lot with people whenever they start to reach a certain level. I've seen it in business. I've seen it in life. I've uh, definitely seen it in sport. Um, people seem to get flustered, let's call it, and start to go off their course just before or right as they finally start to get a little bit higher and a little bit more um, of an elite level of things. Um, <clears throat> there's many reasons for it, I think. I think it comes down to... Um, a lot of the people that, that seem to start to develop this fear and a lot of the people that, that start to back down when things get a little tough are the people that have been pampered most of their life or they've had uh, a lot of help throughout life and they've had a lot of backing throughout life and they've never actually had to go out and get it for themselves um, up until that point because there's a point where it doesn't really matter how much backing and things you have, you're going to have to... Um, you know, show what you can do and, and manage for yourself. So I think, you know, just some, some quick short stories here. Um, you know, whenever I was deciding to venture out away from working for the guy that I worked for to open my own gym, mm -hmm. there is that certain level of like fear of failure, you know, and mm -hmm. I think everyone has that. Um, to some extent and, and uh, kind of a old wise businessman, let's put it that way, told me one time, he said, you know, when I was running business ideas by him and, you know, just getting some advice and things, he had owned multiple companies and he told me, he's like, if you're not scared to fail, he's like, don't do it at all because that means you just don't care enough and mm -hmm. you probably will fail from that. So, um, so I think everyone has a certain level of fear whenever they go into things, but you have to understand like that feeling is normal. And most of the time, if you just push through it a bit, you're going to realize like one, it's not as bad as you thought it was. No, it never is. And then two, that's only going to, like we talked before on, on past episodes about leveling up, mm -hmm. you're going to have a whole new set of confidence and a whole new ability that you like never thought you, you really could have, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> and you're going to start to learn things that you never learned before, never knew before. And that's the process. You can't expect whenever you're trying to do good in anything, you're not going to have just this linear, nice, easy path. It's, right. it's never going to be that way. So, you know, like when I was opening that up, I simply said, this is my expenses. This is how many people I know are coming for sure off the start. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and these are my current clients that are going to move with me or, you know, that I had already outside of there anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, here's my overhead. Here's my, my people. Here's my revenue. Okay. Let's work with that. Yeah. And then from there, it was just strategic moves. Right. Mm -hmm. And each step gets a little scarier, you know, especially as you're starting to try to build the business. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when I started seeing, you know, advertising go out and members start to come in 
And, you know, now it's getting to people like, I don't know you. I've never worked with you. You know what I mean? Right. We've never crossed paths and you're starting to come into my gym and you want to sign up and things. Um, you know, and we're starting to buy equipment and, and things start to get a little scary as far as numbers. Cause you start seeing how much money you're spending. Yeah. You know, okay. Wow. I just put out a $10,000 order and like, you know, okay, we need that piece. That piece is $7,000 and you know, okay, we need, we need this order probably in the next couple months. It's going to be another five grand gone, you know, and you start to like, that starts to worry on your mind, but you have to just stick with the plan and knowing that like the plan you put together is going to succeed, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, and I personally like to have a, l- I, I, I start to hate it a little bit more now, but like, I like to have a little bit of pushback because then that, that makes you kind of work harder for it anyway, you know, and you're going to okay. step yeah, your game you up mean. on advertising. You're going to step your game up on whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so little challenges are good. Um, I'm, I am at that point now where it's like, I would rather just keep making steps forward and not so, so many back, you know what I mean? Because I built what I built and I'm not trying to yeah. go too far backwards. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I just never understand. And, and we see this a lot. Um, in athletes where we've had a lot of them in here where they come in, they say they want to be the best at X thing, whatever it is, you know, whether that be powerlifting, weightlifting, CrossFit, you know, those are kind of the three niche things that we've worked with the Mm -hmm. most. And we get these people and they hype themselves up on social media and they, you know, <laughs> they, you know what I mean? That, yeah. oh, I'm working so hard and I'm so passionate about this and this and, you know, and everyone on, oh my God, you're so great. And this, and then you watch them just mentally just get destroyed in here. Um, you yeah. watch them start to break down as they're getting to that point of being good because that self doubt is starting to come in, in here, in the gym. And when you're around your coaches and things, you can't fake it. There is no Instagram, you know, fake passion. There is no fake. I'm, I had a great training day today. No, you're in front of your coaches. You're in front of your peers. So we see you struggle. We see you have to work for it, or we see you back down from the work. Yeah. And that right there, that's what separates the people that are going to be great. And the ones that aren't the ones that are going to be great are going to push through those hard times. And they're going to be the ones that are going to continue to put in the work because as you get better, it gets harder. It doesn't get easier because you're better, you know, just because you're stronger now. It seems like common sense, but just people don't get it. People don't, people will look, for example, if someone walks through the door Mm -hmm. and they see me, Oh yeah, it's, well, it's probably easy for you to be strong because you're already so big and like you, uh, you know, you own the gym, so you get to work out all the time and you know, that dumb shit. Mm Mm-hmm. One, like I had to push to be the size I am and the strength I am. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it takes sleep. It takes food. It takes more food than I want to eat. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes prioritizing sleep instead of staying up. You know, it's, it, it's kind of funny. Like for me, um, you know, I'll get messages or, or texts or something, mm-hmm. you know, and someone will be like, Oh, you didn't answer me back. I'm like, yeah, you, you texted me at like nine at night. Like, no, I forgot about, you know, forgot about the next morning or something, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if you're getting a hold of me later at night, I'm probably, I'm probably sleeping yeah. or I'm preparing to sleep. Like I'm not one of those people. I, you know, when I was younger, sure. I I've always been a night owl. So like staying up till midnight, one, 2 AM, that was like the norm, mm-hmm. you know, 
um, as I've been able to adjust things and as I got better at, you know, the fitness related and the business related things I wanted, Hmm. I had to forcefully shift myself back, you know, so now I prioritize my sleep more. So I try to be done with work at this time in bed at this time Mm -hmm. and up at this time. I mean, that happened the other day. You sent me a message. I don't know. Afternoon time. You're like, Hey, what times do you have open? Mm -hmm. I didn't get done working with things that day until probably eight 30 mm-hmm. quarter to nine. Send you a text back. I was like, I'm not going to hear from him. Mm-mm. Like I, I didn't expect to hear from you yeah. with that because I knew like there's a cutoff point yeah. and like, yeah, I'll hear back from him tomorrow. If I don't, I'll get in touch with him again just to make sure so you can schedule. But yeah, that makes sense. That idea of having to reprioritize things in order to go towards your goals. It seems like common sense, but in the moment people back off or mm-hmm. they back out from it. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to kind of copycat off of, uh, uh, Andy, uh, Frisilla just did his, I think it was his last podcast might've been two ago or something. It was just kind of a quick short one, um, on his podcast, but something he said in there was like, you know, like what we're talking about, uh, people label that as like a sacrifice or whatever, you know? And he like talks about how, like, no, that's just like part of life, like sacrificing, you know, quote unquote, sacrificing the time to prioritize sleep, you know, the, the being away from friends for your goals and things like that. That's just, you're just doing what's needed. It's not necessarily like sacrificing those things. You know what I mean? And, and to a point, I understood what he was trying to say. It's like, if you're, if you're on this path to trying to do something great, that's just the path that has to be taken. It's not like, you know, what, what are you truly sacrificing to go to bed an hour or two earlier? You know what I mean? Right. And what I think is funny about that is it's always the thing that seems like it's more fun. That is the sacrifice. Like, Oh, I could stay up later and mm-hmm. watch TV or yeah. go out, uh, hang out with people, whatever it is. Right. I could do that. Or I could go to sleep. Well, sleep isn't nearly as exciting to most people, mm-hmm. but in reverse, it's just as applicable. Like, oh, I'm going to sacrifice health mm-hmm. in order to go out, in yeah. order to stay up late, in order to watch more TV. Yeah. I'm going to sacrifice future health to eat the way that I am or to yep. not eat the way that I should. And But they see that as being the rewarding lifestyle. Like, oh, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And if I stop doing that, if I diet, if I count macros, whatever, like, oh, I'm sacrificing. No, you're trading one for the other. Yeah. But counting macros, having a schedule throughout the week on what you eat and when you eat it so that you can move towards a goal seems less fun, less rewarding, and more challenging. Therefore, that's the quote-unquote sacrifice. Yeah. And it's a messed up mindset. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think, I, I think it's because those things, like you said, have always been like the rewards. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Instead of it just being normal. Like, right. you know... I understand that if you're serious about fitness or you're serious about any kind of goal like that, or if you're serious about a business goal, life goal, whatever, because I'm not saying there's, there's nine to fivers um, that do a lot of extra shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they quote unquote sacrifice time with family, friends, whatever, and right. all this stuff. But like, that's just normal life for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. So they don't really look at it as like, I'm sacrificing things for this or that. And sure, there's like things I... I can't do, you know, it's just not like, like 
can't do it. That's Mm -hmm. all there is to it. You know, but I don't look at it as like I'm truly sacrificing all these other things in my life. And you'll start to realize that like I used to think that way, like, man, I'm sacrificing like all this time with my friends, like people. Hey, you know how many times I've been asked, hey, let's go golfing can't go golf right now i'm like seven eight weeks out like right you know if i do that and i'm just putting more strain into my back my shoulders you know mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not used to golfing you know right now so like um and i found that out last prep when i tried to <laughs> golf my shoulder was fucked up for two weeks but you know it's like i used to look as a as like okay now i'm sacrificing all this stuff and it's like it's not really that way when you start to look at it it's like that stuff's gonna be there regardless you just have to prioritize yeah. when you can do it. Sure. Right. But it's not like some big life altering sacrifice because I can't go golf today or I like to go fishing fit, you know, and I like to catfish. So, you know, traditionally that's at night and it's like, I can't go out till late at night and do that, you know, right. at some points. And I haven't been able to the last couple of years because I've been getting better at a sport that I like. And I know it prioritizes sleep and food and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the way it is. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that like we're giving up all that much truly because unless you're someone who was going out four nights a week or something, you know, and like you got, you know, a million friends pulling you in different directions and stuff. I promise you though, if you get on your path and do your thing, see how many of them stay around. You'll find out if they're a true friend. Right. And I'm talking because I've seen that from experience. Mm -hmm. When I buckled down on my business, when I quit going out all the time, you start to realize like who your drinking buddies are. And like, you know, even friends, even friends I knew since I was young, like, you know, we'll, we'll bullshit once in a while. And they'll be like, I'll be like, man, you got to like hit me up. Let's, let's do something. You know, well, they're, they're always thinking I'm so busy. I can't do anything. I'm like, no, it's like at certain times, yes, like I'm going to tell you, no, I have to do this, so can't. Right. Same as like if they have their kids or they have their work or they have mm-hmm. this, they just can't. It's not like I'm not asking you, hey, you know, sacrifice time away from your kids to hang out with me, right. you know, and it just it shouldn't be looked at that way anyway. But that's kind of the whole point is like you're when you're living life you're not if you're living on your own path you're truly not sacrificing exactly things so now if you want to how do i say this if you want if you want to sacrifice you know hundred thousand dollars of your money to open a business okay you're taking a huge hit that's a sacrifice and you're gonna Mm -hmm. you're gonna downgrade your home you're gonna or you're gonna live in a small little studio apartment and like you're gonna drive a shitbox car for five years and all this to start a business okay those are some sacrifices you're gonna eat less you're gonna you Mm -hmm. know what i mean that's okay i get it but you know just because we're asking people to like prioritize sleep and prioritize you know eating and stuff Mm -hmm. like you're what are you truly sacrificing if you really care about that goal you shouldn't it shouldn't be looked at as a sacrifice you know so here's an easy one so you have crohn's right yeah I have celiacs. Mm-hmm. How many times have you had a conversation with someone where you say something that you can't eat and they almost pity you? They're like, oh, that must be so hard. Yeah. No. <laughs> you, know, you know what's hard? Being like doubled over in pain for days on end, feeling yeah. like shit like all the time and not being able to function as a human mm-hmm. being. Or like in your case, there were pictures you put up of being in the hospital yeah. when you have a flare up. That's hard. Yeah. Like it's not hard to avoid eating certain foods when you know the 
extent of the consequences that can come from it. Yeah. It's like, that's not a sacrifice. Yeah. That is prioritizing just health and trying to, in some cases, be a functional human being. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it, you know, it's like, for like with my Crohn's, like when I go through preps there for a while, um, you know, I've had two times I've ended up in the hospital mm -hmm. during a prep. And, you know, it's like you, you look at all the factors like, you know, CNS is getting rocked. You know, you got uh, some things getting thrown in because it's meat prep. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. And then, you know, if I decide that, like, I'm going to go off on my diet a little bit during that. Oh, man, that's like, you know, then it's like adding even more into there. Yeah. And um, anything can happen at any time. And if my body decides like, hey, um, we're going to be highly inflamed and pissed off mm -hmm. and fuck you. Yep. And then it attacks itself and my body, you know, I've had really like high C uh, reactive protein levels and mm -hmm. things like that. So, um, yeah, end up in the hospital, yeah. but that's like, that's the risk I take when I go through a prep and that's the risk I take, you know, to play the sport that I play. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, there'll come a time when that might not be optimal anymore, but it's mm -hmm. like, is what it is, you know. I don't look at it as like uh, a, a huge sacrifice or right. anything like that. So, so when we were talking beforehand, you said a phrase like "stop being scared when it starts to get hard," mm. and I thought that it was important because it made me think hard is a matter of perception. Like the difficulty of something is just a matter of perception. Yeah. If your whole goal when you started a business was only for it to be the size that it was when you were you know across town then you would look at where you are now and be like, that's, no, that's too much. Yeah. But if your goal was to think uh, like this gym and bigger, mm -hmm. then where you are now, is it difficult? Yeah, it comes with challenges. But at no point do you say to yourself, I need to stop because you have that next thing in mind. Yeah. And when you said before, if someone says that they come into it being passionate, like there's a distinct difference between being passionate and being interested. Yep. And you want to put on a show of being passionate about it. But the person who comes in and has challenges and figures out a way to get through them versus the person who has challenges and says, oh, I guess it wasn't for me. I gave it a go. I'll move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Two very different mindsets. And like you yeah. said, we see that all the time in here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. It's like if you're trying to expand a business, if you're trying to reach like the next level in anything, it, it, you're going to have you're going to have bumps. And the thing is, is that mm -hmm. like when you take those risks, it's going it, to, you're not going to have like exponential growth right then and there. There's right. not going to be like a breakthrough moment. It's a year down the line, two years down the line that mm -hmm. breakthrough happens. You know, it's, you know, I, I worked hard and, sa and sacrificed, you know, um, I lived very simple. I put my life savings into the business. Mm -hmm. Like I did every ounce of everything I could to get it started. Mm -hmm. Right. As it grew, when we, when we expanded, same thing, still living a simple life, mm -hmm. still not spending a bunch of money, putting it all back in the gym. You know, when this here started to grow a little bit and I didn't see that growth until, you know, a year, year and a half, two years after the move, you know, then we start seeing some things come in. Then we start seeing some things come about. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, I'm on that next level up, right. You know, and then that made way for the 
yeah, the failed expansion, let's put it that way, um, you know, but that made way for that next wave of growth. To be and, a possibility. You know, had um, my business partner not gotten scared and ran out when they were quote unquote passionate, mm-hmm. you know, had they not got scared, it's like, what are we, you know, we're a year later after that sure pandemic and all that, mm-hmm. but it's like, we could be a year away from some insane growth, you right. know, but that person got scared. Same as that person got scared in their fitness. Mm-hmm. So they haven't gotten better at their fitness either, you know? So, um, I said, we, oh, go ahead. No, I was, the idea that you're saying, like, you're always going to have these setbacks. You're going to have these bumps along the way, the hurdles. I, I love setbacks. Mm-hmm. Because it's an indication that you don't know something. Mm-hmm. Now, if as long as it's within like something that you need to know, like yeah, obviously, like someone can come along and screw you over, and you can try to find a way to learn from that so that you protect yeah. yourself from that type of person. But you are like if you keep pushing towards a next level in what you want to do, inevitably there's something you don't know, mm-hmm. and so it's gonna feel like a setback. Like ah shit, this isn't working, and then you ask why isn't it working. Yeah. You can do it in training, you can do it in business, you can do it in personal life. Like how many times in your own training have you hit a point where like this isn't working? Like I'm not getting better the way that I know that I want to, or I know mm-hmm. that I should. Like I have this bigger goal in mind. And so what do you do? You go back and you check things. You Yeah, start to refine it a little right. bit. Yeah. What can I do better? Yeah. And then you move I mean in uh conversations we've had is like you look for other coaches and another better way to look at that is like you look for a mentor. Yeah. Like go to someone who has had those setbacks and say, what did you do? Mm-hmm. And then how can I take that and apply it to myself? Yeah. Those are just opportunities yeah. to learn something. Yeah. I, um, you know, like when I was coming up, it's like when I hit right around that 1800 total range is when things got a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And I remember now, mind you, I'd like, I'd had that second injury right around there after I hit 1795 or whatever. Um, but I was still trying to train the same way that like, you know, someone had been not coaching me, but like throwing some tips at me. I tried to train their way. I got away from my way, mm-hmm. went their way, ended up getting injured and ended up not progressing. So I went back to my way, yeah. you know, and I got a little bit better um, pretty quick, you know, but I still wasn't like getting to where I needed. Mm-hmm. So that's when I hired my first coach. And I, I started to realize like through their training, I'm like, shit, like I was, I was doing it. I was doing too much. Okay. You know, and I needed to back off a little bit from that. Mm-hmm. Like I was, and, and that was my own, my own ego, probably an air of yeah. thinking like, Oh, if I just push harder, if I just work out a little bit harder, if I just, you know, I'm repairing fine. I'm not getting hurt. You know, nothing's really hurting that much. So, you know, but it's like I wasn't utilizing all the, the things that I knew because I was so blinded about like just got to get stronger. And I kept pushing yeah. and pushing and pushing. So that's when I kind of realized like, oh, shit, like I'm just doing too much. That's all there's to it. And mm-hmm. then from then on, I've gotten better from it. So, um, you know, and like with my new coach, it's like some of this off season volume, it's back to like back when I used to. And that's, that's why like hiring Trevor, it was like, I was a little hesitant. Um, that's why I went with Josh first instead of Trevor's. Cause I thought Trevor from watching other programming, I, th- I thought we were too close of programming. Okay. And it's funny because now I'm working with them and the programming's similar 
to what like I used to do and things Mm -hmm. Um, a bit different. He's got some, you know, obviously some outside looking in input and he's got some um, different accessories and, you know, odd and end things. Yeah. But it's like, look what's working again. Yeah. (laughs) Is what I originally like was kind of doing. I just through my time got away from that, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, with a few adjustments here because I'm a lot stronger now than back then. Right. Um, anyway, back on the path here. Um, so yeah, we see, um, we were talking about the, um, what was the book? And that the meme is like the, the miners in his, uh, you know, he's mining down there for gold or diamonds or something and he gets real close to it. And it's probably, he's probably got a couple swings left Mm -hmm. to break through and find the gold and he quits. Um, and then he quits, right? The three feet from gold. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like, that, that's kind of what we see yeah. in here. Uh, we've watched people that like could be high ranking CrossFit athletes or high ranking weightlifters or high ranking powerlifters. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they like, they get so close to making that transition to that higher level, that elite level. And it's, you almost see it coming. You know, some excuse comes out, yeah. something gets in the way, <laughs> something like, and it's themselves and they don't realize that, you know, you can blame, we all have outside life factors. We all have mm-hmm. had injuries. We have all struggled with diet or lack of God. And I, I hate this one. The lack of like motivation to train. I'll tell you now that is part of being an elite athlete. Yeah. It, when you because you've spent so much time in it to get to that level, every single person has those days where it's like, I don't really feel like training today, you know. And everybody has those days where it's like, you know, some days I wish I could be extremely fit and go run for miles. I know that sounds crazy, but like, or I wish that, I don't like, that sounds crazy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wish <laughs> that I could do some of these things that I, I used to be able to do right now. Yeah. You know, but I know if I want to do that, I can just go back to that and do that when I want, you know, whenever I want. Right. But that's not my goal right now. And my goal is to be the strongest I can be. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm pushing towards. And there's days I don't get a lot of those days. I'm going to be honest. Like, I just like to train and I, mm-hmm. but you do, uh, you have them once in a while where it's like, yeah. okay, well, I got to do this secondary bench day with some reps and things and boring accessories and put your fucking headphones on and get after it. Yeah. You know, so. There was a, a quote that I put out years ago and is very ironic. One of the lifters here posted just today of something that was phrased very similarly. Um, motivation is a gift. Dedication is a choice. You're going to have days where you come in and you feel amazing and you just absolutely want to get after it. Yeah. And you're going to have all the other days that you come in and you're like, yeah, I don't want to do this shit you make the choice to still show up to go through the work Mm -hmm. and you enjoy the days when you're really motivated because it feels that much better. And yeah, there are tips and tricks in order to kind of get yourself out of that funk. If it happens to get yourself motivated again, but you don't rely on that. Mm -mm. You rely on the plan that you have to get towards the goal and you just dedicate yourself to getting towards that. Yeah. Well, you'll see that a lot with people that want to overcompete because they're chasing that excitement of competition rather Mm -hmm. than like understand that your training is what's going to better you for that competition. So, you know, it's funny because we, we, 
want to get into prep so bad and we want to compete. But if you talk to a lot of like, uh, especially the stronger people, about two, three weeks out, you know, I'd say three weeks out, you're just, you don't, you're done. You don't want to lift heavy Fried. anymore. You're like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just, okay. I got, you know, for me, it's like always that, um, about two, two and a half weeks out. I'm like, fuck this. Like, all right, <laughs> what do I got? I got to lift, got my last, you know, heavier squat, you know, even if it's an opener type thing, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking rap today. I don't want to squat. The, you know what I mean? Yep. It's just like, you're just done. You're, you don't, you just put me in the meat, (laughs) let me sleep and then put me in the meat. You know, that's, that's kind of how you feel near the end. Um, but you know, everyone chases that meat high instead of realizing like your, your meat is what your, your meat total is what comes from all the work that you put in. Yeah. However many months before that. So I've always loved the idea of competing, but I've always wanted the experience of getting to the meet and having people see how much better I've gotten. Yeah. I want to get there and like, it's for myself definitely. But that moment where they say he must've been working really hard. Yeah. As opposed to man, he used to be good. Yeah. Well, that's a thing you, and you think like if you've had a bad meet versus a good meet, it's two different feelings. Like, Oh yeah. The high you're on when you're, when everything's clicking versus like, versus like when stuff isn't going good like Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's it's not fun when you're going in you just have a bad day you know and if you've been an athlete before i've I've been an athlete where i've had bad games you know what i mean and um you might not even have a good explanation on why it was bad it's just no no i can't (laughs) actually i quick story i uh i was returning a kick one time this is like my junior year or some shit i'm returning this kick and this dude just like blindsides me, ear holes me, right? And I fumble the ball. And it like kind of changed the pace of the game. We end up losing the game. So, okay. of course, naturally, I'm blaming myself. You know, so I'm already like down and like, damn, man. Like, I, you know, we were up by two scores at half and I'm, I opened the second half with a fucking fumble. You know, so I'm already down. <laughs> Next day in the paper, front fucking sports page, right? <laughs> First line is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> went to South. So it was like, can South returner Justin Oliver gets his head taken off <laughs> during opening. It was like very first line. Like you, you did. I wanted to call up that reporter. Like you're a dick, dude. Like, like you couldn't talk about anything else. Had to talk about me getting my head taken off and fumbling the ball. And you know, he was sitting there the night before, like putting that in there going like, he's going to see that yeah. tomorrow morning. I wonder what that's going to feel like, you know, but yeah, but then I've had, you know, I've had games where I've done something that changed the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, so it's, you're going to have these ups and downs, um, in, in anything that you do and not no athlete, you know, you, you think of like, think of pro sports, like when LeBron's playing, if he's not having a good game, everyone criticizes the shit out of him, even though he's one of the best players mm-hmm. of all time. It's like, you know, you're, you can't go out, you're human. You're not going to go out and be perfect. Every training session, it's not going to feel good. It's right. not going to be fun. It's, you think those guys that are in Think of, again, pro sports. Like, you think those people in pro sports that train all year round are with their team more than they're with their family during the season and stuff? You think they're having fun every day? Hell no. No. Especially when they've been doing it their entire life. Like, that's it's probably not fun every single day. You know? I mean, there are athletes at the college level that I've worked with. I'll go to nationals with them. And they'll be it'll be their senior year. 
and they'll say that they don't want to swim again, yeah. for example, when they're done. And I'm looking at them going, you're a national level athlete. You have, you've worked on this your entire life to be standing where you are about to have the competition. And they're like, you know, I've been doing it since I was three. Yeah. Hours every single day, mornings, doubles, doing it the four years in college and just, you know, wrecking themselves in order to be as good as they are. And it's like, they want to be done. Mm -hmm. Now, what I know about them, because I've watched it happen, is that they eventually come back to it a little bit. Like, it's part of who they are. They they wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't. Yeah, you can't keep an athlete away. But I use that as an example because... As burnt, I shouldn't say burnout because that has its own definition with it. As unmotivated as they might be in that moment, yeah. they were willing to do all the work that led up to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then they're going to. And, and that yeah. mindset is a huge determining factor. Yeah. On and how good They're going to get the reward from it whenever right. they do good. I mean, like, ask Lindsay how many times staring at a prep. I'm like, fuck this meat. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not doing this meat. Fuck this. I'm Pulling done. Out. Pulling out of the meat. Why am I even doing this meat? This is bullshit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You know, so it's like I'm sitting there on my clients, like, have a good outlook, us, me at home. Motherfucker, like, what was that today? That was garbage. Like, this session's garbage. It's like one bad training session. My squats this, this past wor- Sunday. It's the worst prep ever. I'm done. Fuck this. Two days later, oh, I got to get ready for bench. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got a bench on there. Here we go. So it happens to everyone. But I think, you know, again, I could have a bad training session, get scared and worried that these numbers aren't going to be there and this isn't going to do that and like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're going to have to perform. So you need to, you know, change it around. Everyone's going to have those moments where you're not going to think right, you know, mm-hmm. but it's who continues on and who quits. That's what it, that's what determines how good you are. So no, that's a good point. I mean, in the, the book, feet from gold that we mentioned from before they start telling this story and it's the root of where the title comes from where a guy was gold mining he didn't know anything Mm. about it he just goes out and it's like during the era of going out west for gold and he actually finds a really rich vein of gold and so he convinces his family you know to come out and they're gonna like start this business of doing it and then all of a sudden there isn't any they run out Mm -hmm. and he thinks you know, I've, I hit this one spot, I misinterpreted it and we're done. So it's junk. He sells all of his equipment to this other guy who had been waiting for an opportunity to do something like this, because in the meantime, he had gone and talked to these other engineers and figured out that the previous guy had been digging incorrectly, mm-hmm. that gold runs parallel in a vein and not deep. So the first guy had just kept digging deeper and gone through it. And what the second person had learned from that mistake is that there was still a shit ton of gold. You just had to go in a different direction. And this happens to people all the time. They have this, you know, first level of success or some kind of success. Mm-hmm. And they think, I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep growing. Not realizing that you might hit a stall point for training. Like you might plateau. And all of a sudden you're not making the progress that you did before. And you think, oh, well, I'm done. I can't get any better. It's like, no, you just don't know something. Mm-hmm you might just have to move in a different direction in order to make progress, even though that different direction initially doesn't look like it should give any progress. Yeah. And I mean, or, or you could be just need to continue on that direction for two, three more months and you're going to have that breakthrough. 
You know, it's why we say all the time, like you, you need a coach. You have to have a coach. Mm-hmm. Cause you, if not, you're getting inside your own head. And that mm-hmm. person steps in for you and says, trust me, yeah. give it a couple months. Yep. And they know enough, again, that idea of a mentor, they've yeah. seen enough where if you actually aren't progressing in a couple of months, okay, yeah, something is wrong. Yeah. And then, well, that's the thing is, you know, if someone's starting to stall or there's some things that you start to see or you see a failed lift that like, hmm, okay, they shouldn't have failed that. Right. Then you start asking the outside factor questions. You start figuring those things out. But if you see someone kind of like in a stall point, that's on the coach then to like, you have to look, figure out why, look at their outside factors, look at their life, look at, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we might have to pivot to something else. And it might take time. It might take like, okay, we're kind of stalled out here. We actually need to back down and do reps. So you won't be back at these weights for a little bit because we need to back back down and build a foundation Mm -hmm. better. Um, And we need to work on uh, stability or whatever. You know what I mean? We need to work on these little things before we can get back up here. We're not ready for up here yet. Right. So you got to back down. And that's what a lot of lifters and athletes can't take is that you need to sometimes take four steps back to come back around and be way higher. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never going to be just this constant, you know, motion upward, right. you know? So, and the idea is hopefully that you come down to those reps and come down to those, you know, those things that are going to fix your problems and, and you're stronger starting there than you were before. It's kind of the idea, but mm-hmm. like, I think people just watch like Instagram too much and they watch these, you know, 50 outlier lifters or so Mm -hmm. in the world that can, it seems like they just constantly just keep pushing the weight up. Like fuck every month they're lifting more, (laughs) you know? And it's like, there's, there's very few people who can push like that. And I promise you those people are backing down. You just don't see it. Right. You know, cause you're so starstruck by the, the weights that they're lifting. So the other thing that comes to mind is, it can be really intimidating for people once they've hit a certain level of success for them to be responsible for that level of passion or for that success. Mm-hmm. Because it's like with the competition, like it's really fun to get to that point, to have that moment of reward. Like look at the total I just hit. Yeah. Look at the business I just opened, uh, whatever it is. But then you have to maintain that. Like not only do you have to keep working in order to keep moving up, if that is the goal, but you have to work your ass off just to keep what you had. And like you said before, every level, it gets harder and harder, not just to move up, but to keep what you had. And that's scary as shit to people because it's really fun to do it once to get the video and say, look what I accomplished. Mm -hmm. But when you have to put in that much effort so that every video from then on out that you post on social media is at least where you were suddenly you have to uphold that reputation that you've set for yourself yeah and that comes back to are you interested in it are you passionate yeah exactly because if you're scared to show that you can't do that one thing from now on well then you were never really that passionate about it Mm -hmm. you showed up you had fun and you moved on as as people like get better and, and if you look at like you know, look back on yourself five years ago. That's what everyone needs to do. And like, you should have taken on more things. You should have gotten better at a couple things. Like mm-hmm. it should, you know, unless you've had some like crazy life circumstances that happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like a lot can happen in five years. I mean, we're, we're going on, um, June will be six years of the business actually being open. Mm-hmm. So think about it. like five years ago, 
we're still in the small gym. We're not running meets Mm -hmm. anywhere. You know, I have some, I have a lot of local clients, but I'm not really as branched out as I, you know, as I'd want to be or anything. Um, you know, this podcast definitely didn't exist. I didn't, I lived in a small apartment still. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I drove a different vehicle then. Yeah. I mean, I could keep going down the list of like things that have changed. You know what I mean? And it's like in those five years, I've only taken on more stuff. I haven't backed off of or thrown away anything. I've just taken on more and more and more and more, Mm -hmm. but I've gotten better at every single venture. My business is better than it was five years ago. My -hmm. lifting's better than it was five years ago. You know, like my ability to manage my life and everything else is better than it was five years ago. My assets are higher than they were five years Mm -hmm. ago. You know, it's like you have to, and it's not, none of that was constant growth. It was up and down. All over the place, you know what I mean? But that's the idea is that over the time, like if you go look at, look at the stock market, pull it back. Oh, maybe not last year, but like, you know, if you look at it in the last three months and see it go up and down and then pull it back 10 years and you'll see two different patterns, right? Mm -hmm. And you pretty much on the 10 year, you'll just see it go almost linearly. It looks like it just keeps going up. Right. Mm. But in the past three months, you see all the big dips and valleys and, you know, peaks and things. And that's your life. It works the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's your fitness. And, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, I guess, God, I've seen so many people. I know people now that were making 30 grand, 40 grand, five years ago, they make 150, 200. Now Mm -hmm. it's like your life can completely change in five years. Oh, I mean, you know, five years ago, I did my first massage as elite recovery. Yeah. I think almost Yeah, what, uh, five years in a month. <laughs> yeah. And na- and now you're, you're connecting to people that aren't even in this fucking state. Right. You know, it's like, so, I, you know, that's part of not being scared. Like you could have easily quit three years ago and been like, well, practice isn't where I want it to be. I'm going to go uh, work a corporate job, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, like practice is like, it isn't isn't quite there, so I'm gonna add in these fifty things to try to, you know, boost yeah. it or whatever. You know, pandemic hits last year. I'm not working with the university. Yeah, I have to shut down the business for a period of time because they yeah. say that we're not allowed to. It could have been like, well, I'm just gonna close just shop pack and it in. find yeah. something else that's gonna help pay the bills. Yeah, could have, could have, but yep. that not who I am. That's not authentic. Like the yep. business is an extension of kind of how I see myself and what I want to do. Yeah. So moving on to something else. And like in the same way, like you were saying with the training, like that's, that's a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. It might turn into something else. It might evolve into something else in time when powerlifting isn't the focus, yeah. but there will always be an aspect of training that resonates as authentic with you. And, you know, same thing with the business aspect too. Yeah. Well, it's, if you look at the things we're, you know, we're taking on with like the meats and stuff, we didn't have to do that. Mm. You know what I mean? It's something that like, again, we wanted to do. And it just adds more to our plate, you know what I mean? But, um, but it was know. the right thing at that time to add to the plate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, anyway, uh, you had some questions we should probably yeah. get to. All right. Please describe some tips to rehab and recover from a pec minor strain from benching. Um, I mean, you'll be able to go into this one a little bit, but my first thing is I want someone to look at your technique. Yeah. Going to like, cause they don't differentiate. Is it both sides? Is it just one side? 
why is it one side if it is um, I would want to know what that looks like and the next yeah. thing I want to know is like what's your programming look like yeah um, when did it happen within that so if yeah. you tell me it's off season and you strained your pec that's going to be very different than you saying like hey I, I'm four weeks into a prep yeah and you strained it and, and in that case like you know aside from the work that you'd be doing, you know, we'd be working on a lot more blood flow stuff. We would be mm. watching to overload, not overload, um, the bottom range of motion, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would still want to work through ranges of motion. We just might have to rig things up a little bit differently, um, to take mm-hmm. strain off. And that might be like reverse bands or something like that. Um, off the start, it could be, you know, mixing in kind of a, um, a mix of things where we're doing, you know, full range lighter weight. And then maybe we're only going to like a two board a little bit heavier or something okay. like that. Yeah. Or maybe we bring in the grip to close grip, mm-hmm. put more pressure on the triceps, things like that. It just depends on, again, there's so many factors on what that could possibly right. be. But, um, I think the big thing is like, I've had those pec issues and it, and the tissue work that I get from you is mm-hmm. probably the most effective thing. Um, and then the daily mobility, I do mobility and all my, uh, you know, no one can see it because my <laughs> shoulders are tight as shit still, but pecs are, but, um, Just imagine what they'd be without it though. I still do daily mobility on my shoulders and pecs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to, you'll see me in door wedges all the time, trying to stretch out a little mm-hmm. bit and things like that. Um, aside from that, like there are other things, like I'm a big fan of, uh, using like TB 500 and BPC those uh, peptides can do wonders for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you shouldn't rely on stuff like that necessarily. Right. So don't put yourself in a position where you have to use that. Yeah. It's got good uses, but it's, you know, they're not cheap and you don't want to just be like, well, that injured. So I'll just take this and I'll be fine. And mm-hmm. we'll get right back to training hard. That's not smart. So, uh, what's the next question? Uh, could you talk about, Oh, this is good. Okay. This is a huge question. It might end up just being a video or a different podcast altogether, but uh, we'll do our best. Could you talk about, quote unquote, tight muscles, why they happen, and how and when you should correct them? Um, So tight is a very vague term, and that could be, they could feel tight because you have a lot of definition. It could feel tight because you have a muscle that's getting pulled on from the antagonist for Mm -hmm. that one. Adductors are a good example. Where with uh, squatting, whether it's powerlifting or weightlifting, uh, even CrossFit, um, you're going to have development of like the glute meat and the TFL, like those mm-hmm. abductors. And so they're going to be pulling you yeah. into abduction. What's that going to do? Well, it's going to stretch the adductors in their resting position. So they're going to feel tight because yeah. they're getting pulled on. Um, but you could also have uh, muscular tension because of uh, any kind of fatigue. Mm-hmm. And this one's really important because when I work with people and they come in, they're like, well, my, my back feels tight or my hamstrings feel tight. And you find out that, well, their hamstrings are really weak by comparison. Now, that doesn't mean that they're, uh, they're not able to do work. Like you could have someone who has uh, really good RDL strength, but they still have weak hamstrings by comparison to what is pulling on them or what they're asking them to do. So that's what you want to take a look at is, you know, are you asking a certain muscle to do more work than it's capable of doing? In that case, mm-hmm. that would be weakness. If they're fatigued, what's going to happen? The muscle, when it's fatigued, it's weakened. So it's going to mm-hmm. tighten up in yeah. order to get into a stronger position. And it's like, what's the best way to carry a tray? Let's say with your elbows at 90 degrees because your bicep is half contracted. Like that's a very strong position for the tissue. 
So all your muscles are going to do the same thing when they're that tired. They're like squeezed together a little bit because contracted makes them uh, less or more resilient, mm-hmm. less prone to injury. So, I mean, those are a couple examples right there on why yeah. something could feel tight. Yeah, that's it's uh, kind of a broad question it in is. a way. It's, yeah. Uh, what you can do about it. A lot of times people are like, well, I'm going to stretch that. And if you have a tight muscle because it's being pulled on by something else, that's like the exact opposite of what you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, you for, take the adductors, for example, you would want to like strengthen the adductors in order to balance it out a little bit, or I shouldn't say balance, but get proper ratio between that and the abductors. Yeah. Um, if you have something that's tight because it's fatigued, you could stretch it. But in that case, the stretch is helpful because it's just a form of active recovery and you're helping it to recover from the level of fatigue that it has. The better idea would be to manage what you're doing, get blood flow in there, whether it's mm-hmm. from massage, uh, active recovery work, yeah, movement. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's uh, get one more. All right. Focus in training is the difference between average and elite. Prove me wrong. Oh. <laughs> I was laughing when this one came in because, like I was telling you, like, I don't really want to prove you wrong, but now I feel like I've been challenged. So I got to try to figure out a way. I mean, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, I'll say this, like, when you come in and you're working out in this gym, for the most part, within the first few months, I can tell how far you're going to go by your level of focus and by the way you train. Um, not to say that it's always hundred percent right. Cause I've watched people that are like very focused in their training that still get just way too far into their head. And then they, you know, or they don't accept coaching or they don't, mm. you know, so, um, it, it, this one's kind of personality based in a way, because there, there are people who can like be giggly smiley and then turn it on right then. And like 10 seconds later hit a yeah. PR, you know? Typically, that's not the case, but there are, it's not to say it can't happen. Right. Um, But I think the thing is, is that, you know, I watch people come in here and, you know, I'll go through a full workout and, you know, I've watched it in like the weightlifting club. I'll do a full workout and they're not even done with their cleaning jerks yet. And it's like they might have snatched, you know, first or whatever and then hit clean jerks. And they're not even done with those yet. Mm-hmm. Like I I just warmed up, did a full workout, and you're not even through your second lift yet, and you're not that strong. You know, so it's like, um, you know, some sometimes like people turn a two-hour workout, hour-and-a-half workout into a, a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour workout because mm-hmm. they're not focused on their training. They're not focused on what they're doing. Right. Um, and I know for me, like, this is why I don't, talk a lot during training this is what i don't like to talk a lot during training mm-hmm. um accessories is one thing you know i might bullshit a little bit but i don't like to to talk a lot you know if i'm training with like more elite athletes it, because a lot of the talk is about like what's going on and yep. they know you know when to shut it off and yep. they know when to shut it off because something's about to happen you know it's, it's less like, about socializing in that case yeah it's yeah. it's more it's more you know talk about it could be talk about the lifts or if it is social, it's not like distracting social, right. you know, and it's not like something, some telling me about what Susie did down the road or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, it's, um, <clears throat> but you know, it's like, there's people that take that wrong, like training me and, and me walking around. I know I've said this a million times, but like, that's two different people, 
you know, if you come and base your perception of me as who I am during my training, then you don't fucking know me flat out. Like that's not who I am. When I train, I'm very, uh, in my own zone and I'm intense and Mm -hmm. like, I'm very focused on what I'm doing. So I'm not going to have a lengthy conversation with you. You'll be lucky if if I take off my headphones, I'm probably going to be pissed off at you that I had to do that, (laughs) you know, but like, it's going to be a very quick, short thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I know we've talked about it before. Like I'll come up, I'll just kind of like stand in the vicinity of what you're doing. Cause I want to mm-hmm. check on seeing how something's going and it's real quick. was just like, how's that thumbs up? Good. Walk away. Mm-hmm. Or what I also know, like take the headphone example, um, having worked with you for a long time, if you come find me while training to take your headphones mm-hmm. off, I know immediately like switch over to professional mode mm-hmm. because that's going to be a training related question. Yeah. Like you're not going to randomly come up to me and be like, can I tell you about what this person just did? And I had to deal with it as a gym owner. <laughs> yeah. Um, that conversation might happen later on. Yeah. But in that moment, again, knowing what I know about how you get when you're in that zone, mm-hmm. it's like, I need to be ready to ask a question. Like the other day during squats, when you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I've got this thing going on with my glute meat. It's not firing. What should I do? Yeah. Yes, I was there in like a, in a professional setting, but I knew exactly what was happening prior to you even talking mm-hmm. just from understanding that mindset. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, that's what separates again, the people that are going to get better and the people that aren't, you got to focus when you're mm-hmm. training. Cause I've, I've gotten pissed at myself before cause I've lost focus and you'll see it. Like, especially if you're a higher level person, mm-hmm. if you lose focus for a few weeks, you'll see your training take a shit. Mm-hmm. Things are harder than they should be. You know, mind goes into this a lot. So you need to focus on every bit of technique, every bit of drive you know what I mean? Every set counts, you know, so. Taking genetic factors out of the question, I can't prove you wrong on the idea that focus will be the determining factor between yeah. average and elite. Yeah. I think that focus looks different, like you were saying, with certain people where they can just like turn it on when they need to. Yeah. So it looks different from one person to the next a little bit. Um, I know that with like the little bit of work that I've done with Dan going into it, I get into this like very weird Zen zone mm-hmm. as I'm going through it. And just like, it's almost like a tunnel vision as I'm focusing on the technique of it where like, you don't really hear people. You don't really see anything that's going on around you. And I would say, yes, in that moment, very focused. Yeah. Sure. You step out of that and like, yeah, I can have a conversation while I'm resting and then come back to that moment. Um, but I've also with gymnastics, like I enjoy having a training partner. Yeah. When you're there and like you can talk to them but like you were saying it's if you socialize it's kind of about what you're doing and you know when to turn it off yeah so i would say the ability to not let yourself be distracted is a, a better way to define that level of focus yeah like whatever that means to you whenever you need to do it that's your determining factor yeah. and some people I, are terrible at it i think so you know some of it comes from like your sports too that you might have done like when you were younger or something i, I think that's really you know, it's like, you know, if you're a distance runner in track, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine it's like when we used to have to run a mile for whatever reason in football, like you'd bullshit, just be like, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're running down the road, there ain't shit that, you know, and you're just bullshitting a little bit. But like, you know, like if we're in, in a game or something or in practice, I mean, it's like, you'll talk about some random thing going on. You're right. just thinking like, 
what's going on in in this game. You mm-hmm. know I mean? Even during like when I played baseball, and it was like we didn't sit there in the dugout and like really bullshit about stuff right. too much. You know, it's just like you might have some like fucking around because that's part of baseball. You throw like seeds <laughs> at each other or whatever, but you know, <clears throat> there was no like anything I've ever done. There, it was just like when it's time to train or when it's time to do this, it's time to do that. You right. know? So I don't, I have never understood it, but I don't mind a little banter. Like people do it when they're warming up, but it's mm-hmm. like at a certain point and you'll, you'll see it. Like if you get a good training crew, mm-hmm. you'll see it like a little bit of talking during dynamic stuff, but then like bars are loaded and moving, like people kind of shut up in a way. The energy so. of the situation definitely changes. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Yeah. That's it for this week. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, da, 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 da. Dan still has his. I don't. I think it's on the Esau site now. Um, <clears throat> he'll have the weekend of the 11th of June, I believe it is. Let me double check here. I thought it was five six. Was it? And I know it's one of the weekends. I'm, oh God. Um, I'll have to double check on that. I, th- I thought it was June 11th. I, it's on the USAL site. It's either first or second week of June. We'll put that out next time. But USAL level one course. Mm-hmm. Um, meets are filling up. Live large fall brawl uh, in November is probably going to sell out very, very soon. We'll probably be announcing a, that there's 10 spots left here pretty quick. Um, <clears throat> other meets are filling up. I think Kentucky opens getting to about 20 spots left. Okay. Still got a decent amount for the throwdown. I think we're, um, not quite half full in the throwdown. So, um, let's see what else we got. That's about it coming up, I think. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want to get a hold of me for training or anything, uh, people, you know, a lot, it's came through a lot lately. Like if I have spots available and all that I do, I, I generally, um, don't cap anymore. Um, unless I feel that I need to for reasons or factors outside of it. Like I think my quality will go down than mm-hmm. I will, but, um, I'm still taking on people as of right now. And I've, I've had a, a couple more add on recently, so and I'm still flowing good. So we're good to go. Is that uh, for strength training, nutrition, both? For for both, for programming and nutrition. Okay. Um, and, you know, if not, uh, I can always refer you to my template if you'd rather do that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think we're good to go. So Sounds good. All right. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.